1: We're coming to you from the spiritual and soon-to-be financial capital of the world, Jerusalem, Israel. If you've got any questions or comments, feel free to email me at Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at lighthouse with an L, lighthousecapital.co.il. That's Aaron at lighthousecapital.co.il. You can check me out on the web at www.arenkatzman.com. Feel free to find me on Twitter. And, of course, subscribe to the brand-new YouTube channel. We have got a very, very interesting show, and I want to, before I make our introduction to the guests, I want to make a disclaimer to all the regulators out there in the United States. We're going to be talking about cannabis, which is a fun topic. No, you know, I guess that's a double entendre. It can be fun and interesting topic. And For all you regulators out there, we're not speaking about recreational use of cannabis. We're not talking about, you know, marijuana, smoking, or anything like that. This is just, we're going to to speak, we're, we're going to concentrate more on the medical side. And what bet- who better to bring on the show than Yona Zimmerman, who is the co-founder and CEO of Can Innovations, um, which is the largest hub of Canatech innovation in Israel. Um, she consults, they consult, to international venture capital firms. Their board is made up of the top global names in the industry worldwide. Um, she has, over 20 years... Marketing, communications, and business strategy um, experience, including being the former VP of Strategic Marketing at Ruder Finn. Yona, welcome to the show. Hi, Aaron. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. So let's just jump right in. Um, Mm -hmm. Can you give us like a little bit of an overview right now of um, the landscape, the cannabis landscape globally? Yeah,
0: so the cannabis industry in general is super interesting. Um, It's being legalized around the world, but every country is doing it in a different way. Um, So they have different standards uh, in terms of cultivation, in terms of patient access, uh, in terms of uh, types of consumption, etc. So, you know, even if you just look at the Americas, you've got three completely different models. You've got the United States where you've got Canada, first of all, which is the first G7 country to legalize both for adult use and uh, medicinal. Uh, province by province, they get to decide, you know, the age of the consumer, the amount able to, you're allowed to consume the location, et cetera, et cetera. Um, then you go down south to the states where it is, um, it's not legal federally, but each state has legal, you know, some states have legalized on their own. Um, and that's caused an industry that has tremendous logistical problems because you can't, you know, move your product from state to state if there's a non-legal state in between. Um, so what's happened is that it's become very brand-centric. Um, there are uh, um, tons and tons and tons of brands on the shelf out there in the States, um, uh, but there's no import-export, and it's, you know, it's a challenge. Um, and then if you go to, like, Latin America, then they're, you know, going to be, tr- they're, they're cultivating, and they're going to be exporting, and, uh, same with Southern Africa. Uh, there, uh, ultimately, I believe that, you know, once cannabis becomes a, a commodity, then you know, Southern America, Southern Africa will be the leads in terms of cultivation, um, whereas every other country will will be doing something else. And then, if you look at Europe, they have a completely different model because they're going purely medicinal they're investing a lot of time in R&D, a lot of time in science, uh, the large pharmaceutical companies that are based in Europe are looking at it. But they're also, each country is rolling out differently, but they're doing it according to their national health service standards. Um, so it's, it's a completely different model, um, but super interesting regardless how you look at it.
1: So is it, is it fair to say that sort of the US, the North American model is much more recreational use and the European model is much more medicinal?
0: absolutely i would okay. say that the, the north america in general is more health and wellness okay. so there's a lot of cbd a lot of you know uh, pain relief easing of symptoms but it's not medicinal you know pharmaceutical you need a prescription and and you know exactly what you're getting and there's someone who's tracking you um so i mean there there is that as well but it's much more of an adult use market yeah
1: interesting um which brings i guess to israel where a couple of years ago, uh, you know, medical cannabis was all the rage. I I had clients calling me up and, you know, I read about this and this isn't a clear, you know, they've they've got a treatment for liver disease and this one has a treatment for this and that and that. And then all of a sudden Israel's gone sort of silent. Can you sort of fill us in where Israel is right now on the map?
0: Yeah. So first of all, in terms of the market in Israel, we're talking right now about 60,000 registered patients um, for medicinal cannabis. Um, Israel I would say about two years ago Israel had an opportunity to be one of the leaders in cultivation Um, you know we could have been the global standard for cannabis grown in the Mediterranean basin Um, unfortunately due to both the quality of the materials that are grown here, um, they're not up to the standards of uh, Europe. So in Europe, it's EU GMP, good manufacturing practices. In Israel, they do IMC GMP. In Canada, it's GPP. Every every country has a different standard, but basically this IMC is not the equivalent of EU GMP. So the quality of the material is not good enough. And also there have been tremendous regulatory hurdles because Israel decided to do a massive cannabis reform that basically said that Israeli cultivators could export only once there was enough uh, produce to support the local needs. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it became, uh, basically what would happen was a patient in Israel would pay the equivalent of 110, $110 a month Regardless of what cannabis they wanted to, how, how much cannabis they were prescribed. So if it was half a gram or 30 grams, it didn't matter. They would pay the same. So now the Israeli government, as part of the reform, is saying that the cannabis has to be uh, given through pharmacies, um, and then it becomes basically a price war because the pharmacies want to take their share, and then they're saying to each cultivator, well, you know, it's more or less the same stuff. So who's going to give it to us cheaper? And on the patient side, they're going from paying $110, regardless of how much they're taking, to paying thousands and thousands of dollars. So they wow. haven't been able to resolve that. And therefore, Israel, instead of being a tremendous exporter, is now the largest importer of medical cannabis wow. in the world, bigger than even Germany. Wow. So while there have been some exports, because there are a couple of cultivators who are EU GMP, it's nowhere near the level that we would have hoped and expected. Um, But having said that, sorry, just one more thing, having said that, um, Israel still has an advantage um, uh, because, you know, we talk about Startup Nation. uh, So all the concepts of of innovation and entrepreneurship and academic support um, that we know because of Startup Nation is also applicable to cannabis. So there's a lot of research being going on here, both in terms of plant biology, clinical trials for different indicators. Uh, developments of new delivery systems that is happening in Israel with the support of the government, with the support of academic institutions, um, and international investors. And that is an angle that is unique to Israel, I would
1: say. Okay. I want to, totally, after our break, I want to actually focus on, uh, on sort of the investment aspect of this. Uh, but first, sure. you want to, how can people get a hold of you?
0: Um, my, my best way is my phone, uh, country code 972, uh, 50 or by email, Yona, Y-O-N-A, at caninnovations.com, C-A-N, that's one N, innovations.com.
1: Okay, great. This is the Aaron Katzman Show. I'm your host, Aaron Katzman. We speak to you about your life, your money, and your investments. If you've got any questions or comments, feel free to email me at Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at LighthouseCapital.co.il, you can check me on the web at www.arenkatzman.com. Of course, be sure to follow me on Twitter and please subscribe to our brand new YouTube channel. We're speaking everything that's cannabis, and I'm going to go. Th- I want to ask Yona, um, who's a global expert. She's a she's got a uh, an innovation lab. She's co-founder of an innovation lab in Israel, and she's a global expert on sort of the whole world of cannabis. Um, a question I ask a lot of my guests, especially the, <laughs> it's something you've always, mother be proud to know you're an expert on cannabis. Uh, yeah. um, <laughs> one of the questions that I, I've been asking guests over the last few months is whether their opportunities or the impact, let's say, of COVID on your specific industry. Can you so can you sort of maybe touch on that a little bit?
0: Yeah, so it's actually fascinating that cannabis went from you know an illegal substance on the UN narcotics list with all the reefer madness stigma to being a essential business during COVID. Um, so you know all the countries that have legalized cannabis all those stores were open. They were they were the first to offer curbside delivery, um, and they actually, in many places, sales increased. Also, people were anxious, right? So you want your CBD, you want your THC, you you want to have enough. At the beginning, we were running out of toilet paper. Some people were worried they were going to run out of cannabis. <laughs> um, uh, so, and also just from a legalization perspective, I mean, once it's become an essential service, there's no way it's going to go back to being criminalized. I mean, that doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. So, tremendous opportunity there. I think that um, for the past two years, all the investment has gone towards cultivation, um, which honestly, today, I think that's a huge mistake because there's, uh, the the market's gonna be flooded with raw materials within a year or a year and a half. Um, So raw material is not, you know, it's gonna be a commodity. Um, where there is space to invest is in the innovation because this is an industry that is here to, to, for the long term and without a funnel of innovation, just like any other industry, right? Without a funnel of innovation, without you know, entrepreneurs and seed A and seed B and all the rest of it, you don't get the IPOs and you don't get the, the big uh, 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 changes that will also increase the market because it makes it easier to use, safer to use, more efficient to use, whatever it may be. Um, so I and and honestly, the the, uh, the the negative side of the COVID on the cannabis is that um, a lot of entrepreneurs who were developing solutions for cannabis pivoted to COVID. A lot of academic institutions that had put a lot of money into their brand new cannabis departments, research departments, pivoted to COVID. A lot of entrepreneurs, you know, the the pre-seed company, pre-seed stage. Uh, they, they they shut down a lot of them. It's 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 tragic. Um, so um, so we've definitely on the innovation side, we've been hit hard, but COVID is not going to last forever. And all those pivots toward cannabis towards COVID can then quickly pivot back to cannabis. So we think there's tremendous opportunity from that perspective.
1: So people who've, who've potentially thought that they sort of missed the boat, uh, it, it sort of got pushed out by a couple of years, probably. And that's, It's almost like we're back to square one in certain respects.
0: Right. And also, even those people who did invest in cultivators, I mean, you know, a lot of them were managed by people who came from other industries. Everyone who's coming to cannabis is coming from other (laughs) industries. So a lot of these companies were mismanaged. A lot of money was being lost. You're seeing huge turnover in, you know, C-suite across the board. It's not necessarily a bad thing um but it's you know it's an upheaval and and the the innovation needs to be there anyway because the innovation is going to take a while to get to market so if we don't invest now those products aren't going to be there
1: um yeah you give us some maybe some you know what are investment opportunities in in israel specifically um in Mm -hmm. the cannabis market
0: so wow i mean You know, we work with, what we do is essentially bring Israeli cannabis technologies to the global market. We're currently setting up an accelerator program in Europe. um, And so we're constantly vetting technologies. Um, That's what we've been doing for two years. We've got a tremendous network here. um, And some of the things that we've seen are just incredible. I mean, anything from breeding technologies to you know, to make sure that each plant is the same, every time you use it, you're feeling the same effect, understanding the personalization aspects of it through extraction technologies and and disinfectants, through uh, delivery systems, which personally I find fascinating. So, you know, everyone knows that you don't want to smoke a joint, right? And uh, so there's other ways of, of, of consuming cannabis, so there's, you know, patches being developed like smokers have, but Mm -hmm. it's got a cannabis formulation inside of it or an oral strip, like those thin mint strips that we have, something like that, that has a cannabis formulation on it. Um, Also, there's a lot of research being done onto the the stability of the plant. So, and and specifically to target audiences. So kids with autism, PTSD, um, uh, uh, pain, uh, all of that is being researched. And then the, also the application of the product has to suit the person taking it. Because if you're giving it to a child, obviously you, you don't want them to inhale. And obviously if they're in the middle of a, a seizure, because it's also you know, proven to be effective for epilepsy, you can't tell them to take something. So it has right. to be something that sure. the parent can give. Or asthma cans, so that it's a, a very small p- particles Uh, formulations are usually sticky and thick. The viscosity is is difficult. So this is a company that's able to make it like an asthma can. So it's a very thin spray of less than five microns. It goes into deep lung, which means immediate offset. So again, a child is having a a seizure and you want to give them their cannabis, you can do so in a safe, effective way. And you know exactly how much to give them. So all all of that research is being conducted in, in the biggest hospitals in Israel.
1: Do those um, technologies ultimately, to, when they make it to market, do they have to go through? through if we're talking about the U.S. sort of the same FDA approvals that your other bio, you know, that your traditional biotech company would have to go through.
0: Yeah. So, um, well, in the states, it's different. It's difficult because it's FDA. Right. But usually, what happens is that if it's a device, you get your you get your device registered because the, the device itself has nothing to do with cannabis. Mm-hmm. So. You device registered for as a ce mark or whatever whatever qualification you need for a medical device and then the cannabis is is separate um you don't need a uh, and then you, you do you need an additional approval to use the product with cannabis but by then it's a much simpler process
1: gotcha. Gotcha.
0: So, yeah and the, the problem is that you know there's all all the medical formulations are still all in clinical trial there there are companies going the fda route but the fda route you're talking about pharmaceuticals you're talking about You know, you want to have a consistent uh, product each and every time if it's pharmaceutical level. So that will happen. And all the big pharma companies are sniffing around. But that's, you know, five, 10, 15 year process.
1: Uh
0: Um, But That's where the big, you know, that that's the real. That's the holy grail.
1: Right. Right. That's ultimately where the big money is. You know, fascinating, fascinating. Once again, how can people get a hold of you?
0: Um, yeah, so my phone number is country code Israel 0502688603 or Yona Yona at caninnovations.com. That's can with one N C A N. Yeah, awesome.
1: Thanks so much for coming on the show.
0: Aaron, fantastic to see you again.
1: Great. Uh, that's been the Aaron Katzman Show. I'm your host, Aaron Katzman. We speak you about your life, your money, and your investments. If you've got any questions or comments, feel free to email me at Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at Lighthouse with an L, lighthousecapital.co.il. You can check me out on the web at www.aaronkatzman.com. Be sure to follow me on Twitter, and of course, sign up and subscribe to the brand new YouTube channel. We will see you soon.